What's your price to stop by a karaoke bar once a week for the next year and sing a song by Shaggy or to accept a Pinocchio curse where your nose grows every time you tell a lie or to perform a one-person musical of the Hunger Games trilogy for a sold-out audience at Madison Square Garden. And let's find out. And by let's find out, we mean it's time to play Human Values, your weekly stop for logical debates about illogical questions. Here to give each hypothetical, the dialectical, put the O in comedy game show and shave your beard when it's feeling a little weird. We're your hosts, Lindsay Hicks. And Aaron Rubin Corny. Hey! Also joining us Today is a very special guest, stand-up comedian, actress, writer, and all around just wonderful human being, Gina Brion. Let's Katniss this, Everdeen. Gina, you're here. I We're am. with you. You are. We're here together. Hey, hey, hey. Let's pretend like we weren't just talking for the last 10 minutes and hanging out and having a lovely time. Oh my goodness. Long time no see. How are you guys? Hey. Hi. Gina, what has been going on for you? I mean, so much. Besides a lot, lot, lot of things. Wait, you can't tell? She's wearing a hat with a hat photo on it. That tells you everything. Okay, there's a hat with a hat embroidered on it. This tells you everything you need to know. You know, it's so funny. I wear this hat all the time. I wear it in videos. I wear it on stage. And you would think, like, this is the perfect disguise for me. Nobody ever goes, oh, my God, that's Gina Brion's hat with a hat on it. And I'm like, I wear a pretty obvious disguise, you guys. It's just like, yeah, you're just completely unrecognizable no matter what. That's really funny. How would you feel if people started to identify you by it so much that they called you Hattie Hat? I don't think I would mind at first. But then by like the 50th time, I'd probably be like, all right, Hattie Hat is a bit annoying. But like at first I'd be like, oh, Hattie Hat lit because I wear a hat with a hat. That's funny. Funny. I get it. Yeah, you seem like someone who could handle the first 49 hits of that just like a champ but 50 that's the one that breaks me mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -hmm. the straw that breaks the camel's back <laughs> the camel's back the puerto rican camel's back i've been doing a, i just actually got back to new york which is nice it's nice i was gone for like almost two months i was gone uh filming a movie humble brag i was uh Ooh. filming a movie for disney plus that comes out next next Christmas, not this Christmas. I wish it was this Christmas, but next Christmas. So when more details are out, of course, I'll announce it and everything. But it was a super cool project. And I basically lived in Atlanta for like two months. That's amazing. Whoa. Did you take your baby? Actually, him and my husband, they would come out periodically to like visit. Like every weekend, my husband would work. And then on Monday, he'd fly out to Atlanta with my son. And then they'd stay till Wednesday and then or Thursday. And then they'd fly out Thursday to go back to New York. So we did that while I was nice. out there. And then he surprised me and came for like two weeks one time, which was really Aww. nice. And I was Aww, like, <laughs> that's so nice. I cried. I'm such a softie. I was like, <laughs> Aww. How did you find Atlanta? I thought it was really beautiful there. Here's the thing. There's so many like things about Georgia that I thought were really beautiful. I mean, it's a gorgeous place. Every, everywhere you turn, mm -hmm. like even some of the worst neighborhoods, <laughs> that's some really pretty sights. Their weed laws suck if you're like a weed smoker. Like I'm a weed smoker. Oh. So their weed laws are terrible. But other than that, like it was it was a really beautiful place. And, you know, they were really nice in a very passive aggressive Southern way at times. But I enjoyed my time there. But I could I live there? I don't know if I could live there. But like it was it was I. OK, wait, two questions. Number one, what was it like working on the set of The Nightmare Before Christmas 2? We all know what you were shooting. <laughs> and number two, did you still find weed? 
I did find weed, but it was not good weed. Damn. How did you find your weed in a place that doesn't have good weed laws? Got to make friends with this crew. <laughs> I definitely could have found weed from somebody in Atlanta, 100%. You can get weed pretty much anywhere now. Well, because we're so spoiled. It's so easy to find weed now. It's like, what do we, you remember the dark ages? I was surviving off of Delta 8 and Delta 9 strains, which are legal in certain places because they have more CBD than weed. So if you wanted a similar high to weed, you just had to smoke more. But really, I was just using it for anxiety anyway. So the CBD amount was perfectly fine. So I was like, all right, I'll just I'll survive off of this and I'll be good for a while. But then I came home and, you know, I had my good good. I'm so happy for you. I was so happy. The first thing I did was hug my weed when I got home. No. <laughs> wait, wait. You had a, a nug hug? A nug hug. Ooh. I had a nug hug. I like that. That needs to be on a mug somewhere. A nug hug on a mug? Wow. You want to know it gets Lindsay high as fuck? What? Kicking off the game. Hey. You want to do it? Oh, I'm already feeling it. <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> already in the zone. All right. Let's do some human values, guys. Gina, here's the dealio. Rules are simple. We're going to tee up three hypothetical questions of what's your price to do, blank. And the question isn't just what's your price, but what's the least amount? Oh, the least amount. Okay. That the three of us would have to get paid. So we'll have a little little, little hot takes debate poo about it. Okay. All right. And all these questions have gone out to our listeners. We do an awesome poll. People send in their thoughts. So we'll get to talk about it, share their stuff. Little plug. They send it in via humanvaluespodcast.com. So you want to party? I'm down. I'm down. I'm down to party. Okay. What's your price to stop by a karaoke bar once a week for the next year? You must sing It Wasn't Me by Shaggy every time. Zero dollars. I love karaoke. Next question. <laughs> I literally love karaoke. Like I will go do private room karaoke by myself to blow off steam. Wait, really? Yes. I do it when I'm in New York. I do it when I'm in LA. There's there's actually karaoke places that know me by name that probably think I have no friends because I go there like afternoon time and I I love it. I love karaoke. I would do it free 99 free. Do you do concerts in the car, in the shower? Are you one of those people that? A hundred percent. I am a shower performer. My showers are long as hell. I don't care. What's your go-to shower song? Oh God, it depends on my mood. Like if I'm in a real angsty mood, it's very Pat Benatar. Like I really want to, when I really want to stick it to the man, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's sometimes where I'm like in a really like ballady kind of mood where I'm like, I want to, I want to show off my Mariah in the shower. It's nowhere near her, but like, I'm like, I want to show off my, my Mariah Whitney moments. And then a whistle tone in the shower. I just pretend like I'm whistling and I'm whistling so high. Nobody can hear it. Like that's what I pretend in my head. Yeah. No, it feels good to do that. That does. Do you have, so you have shower go-tos. Do you have karaoke go-tos? A hundred percent. Again, it depends on the crowd that I'm with. But when I go with my girls, when I'm in New York, we do a lot of like R&B, like 90s R&B. Like we do a lot of Brandy, Monica. Oh, so Wasn't Me by Shaggy is going to slot right into that dish. A hundred percent. That is a side dish that is ready to be munched on. First of all, it's one of the most fun songs to do at karaoke. That, and believe it or not, I know everybody's probably going to turn up their nose, but it wasn't me. Fergalicious is hella fun. Very fun. Peaches and cream, we always do. That one's fun. And dirt egg. (laughs) 
a fun. My homegirl always does peaches and cream. And then when I'm with, because I used to sing in church. So when I'm with my church friends, I used to sing. They go crazy. Like it, it, they get stupid. Like that is when it's like, oh, there's, there's a concert in the next room. Like they go, they're changing the keys on the system. Like they're, they're too knowledgeable. It's wild. That's so fun. It is awesome when you go to karaoke bar and you can change the key of the song. Yes. That is very fun and very weird. Is there gospel though? There is gospel because there were uh, a couple of the church people I used to go with. They, it's almost like they knew where it was. I was like, you've been here before. They found the gospel music like right away. It's not, it's like all the, sometimes it's generic. Like it'll be a generic version of like Amazing Grace. And I'll just be like, here, like sing this song. But then sometimes they have like Tamala Man. They had Take Me to the King by Tamala Man, which was a solo I used to do in church. Like, like once in a while, I ain't no Tamala Man. So don't expect no Tamala Man from me, but it's a beautiful <laughs> song. And so they had that, which I was shocked, but yeah, they got some, you know, karaoke spots don't play. They know that some Christian people be trying to get down. It's not just Chris. I, excuse me. I might look and be very, very, very Jewish, but I was in Christian gospel choir in college. Oh my gosh. So what kind of songs did y'all do? I don't know. Cause I went to black and Latino churches. So I don't know if the music is different. We sang a lot of Kirk Franklin. We sang, sang a lot of Fred Hamilton. We sang, uh, uh, Fred Hammond, I mean Fred Hammond. Uh, and we sang a lot of like random Spanish like gospel musics that were like really fast, like really fast stuff. And then a bunch of like really old school worship songs. Got it. It was like fast paced worship stuff. Okay. But I, I stuck out like a sore thumb because I, I did this in San Diego just because I was I love music. And I was the only tall white Jew in there. And everyone there was Chinese and either Christian or Catholic. So I would just stood out as this just massive, awkward Jew in this crowd. But you like, you had fun, right? Oh, it was so fun. Are you, it is so fun. It's a good time. If you have a good group of people, it's a good time. It's very different than like what I was raised on with like Jewish music, which is more hymnal in a lot of ways. And there's some upbeat stuff, but it's, it's, it's very melodically like rich and dense and slower. Did you ever do a birthright trip? I did do birthright. <gasps> what was that like? When I did went... you go? How old were you? Wait, I want to pin that and say, oh, we're turning the tables on me now. Oh no. But I'm just going <laughs> to say that what I liked about gospel choir was that they had a band, dude. They had a bassist that was like a prog rock kind of bassist, dude. The lead, like pastor guy. I don't, sorry, I don't know my terminology, but like that guy w probably was in his 60s and moving around like he was in his 20s. And like, I was glad to praise Jesus, not knowing what I was singing about, but I know how to sing about how he's my rock, my sword, my shield, my wheel in the middle of a wheel. I might oh, be one of the only Jews I know God. who can sing these things, but like, I loved it. I love it. That's great. Birthright was cool. It was just a trip to Israel. It was cool. I went to Israel for the first time two years ago. I hope to go back. Or was it? No, last year, I think. They do like a comedy tour out there called Comedy for Colby um, every year. And I went for that. And it was my first experience ever going there. And it was absolutely amazing. It was an amazing place. And I thought it was beautiful. And I would love to. I went to the Dead Sea. It was amazing. Oh, that's just don't get it in your eyes. No, I know. I And I was there with Amir K and Ian Bag, And of course. Oh, awesome. Amir K jumped in like head first. Yeah. Sure. Wait, wait. Okay. So I have a question for you. Yes. You're in Israel. You're eating some falafel with some hummus. You're ready to plot. So you've, you've, you've been schlepping around everywhere. You've really had a good time. And now you realize, shit, it's been a week. I got to find a karaoke bar right now if I want to get paid. And I got to fucking sing a little shaggy or I'm not getting paid. 
does this start to feel like a task for you guys that you have to be paid to do at that point? You have to remember this is every week. But it's also only for one year. So that's only what, 52 times you have to do it? But I always have to sing Shaggy. Well, it's not the only thing. Yeah, you you have to sing that at some point. It's not the only thing. If it's not the only thing, I'm good. You're not going to have to be paid at all. No. Okay. This is a challenge for me. Is it? Yeah, well, sometimes I, I'm not in the mood for karaoke. Sometimes I'm not there. You're always in the mood to sing, though. I've never found you not in the mood to sing. Oh, I'll sing a little ditty here and there <laughs> in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> or maybe even at a gas station. I have seen you sing everywhere a person can. Maybe while waiting in line for like a salad. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I get nervous in a karaoke bar setting. But I mean, if I was getting paid a certain amount of money, I would be like, yeah, of course I'll go every week. You know what? I get that, though, because I got nervous the first time I went to karaoke. I was like, I think I'm on like 19 or 20 years old. And I was with my boyfriend at the time. And there was this little karaoke spot and we went and he wanted to do Summer Love. And we started it and you could barely hear me. I was singing like that redheaded chick from Sister Act who like in the beginning whispers. I was like, Summer Love. I was, I was so scared. I was petrified of what these people in a bar thought about me. I was like, why do I care about these people? They're not going to remember me tomorrow. And like that changed the game because I was like, they're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, my God, that girl with the hat of a hat. <laughs> and if they do, like, who cares? Who cares? I'll take the hat off. There was one time I went to a karaoke bar with my friends and we called it Lilith Karaoke, And we were only allowed to sing songs from that were performed in Lilith Fair. And that felt good. That did feel good to me. I did like that. I respect the theme. I respect it. It felt nice. Is it weird that I really like to sing I'm Not Going from Showgirls? No. No, because that's an amazing song. It's an incredible song. And there's no way, no, 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 no way. How do you, you can't sing it and not get into it. You have, that's a performing song. You have to like. Not to live in with that. Like you can't yes. not like. I don't want to be free. <laughs> but which version do you sing? Do you sing the Jennifer Hudson version? Yeah, I do the one from the movie. Yeah. Well, there was also the original Broadway recording with, God, what was her name? Jennifer Holiday. Jennifer Holiday. Oh, my God. These kids think Frozen is where it's at. They don't know. They don't, they don't even know. know. Though Idina can get it. Idina, Idina, Idina. Isn't it Idina? I don't know. Idina, Idina Menzel. Idina Menzel. It's like Italian. She's Italian. Idina Menzel. Idina Menzel. Lindsay, put your fingers together, shake them, and try saying it. Idina Menzel. Yeah, there it goes. Hey! Yeah, yeah, that actually made it make a lot of sense. Yeah. Idina <laughs> Menzel. My farfalli <laughs> needs some Idina Menzel. Do you have some mozzarella for my Menzel? Wow. I'm Gina Brion. Oh, there you go. Oh, that sounds nice. Are we being funny or racist? Hard to know. say. I think you're safe with Italian. Is Are you safe with Italian? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out from the Italians, I guess, who might write in. Yeah, we'll find out from the Italians. Italians, please let us know if we're being offensive. We are inclusive and PC until it gets Italian. That's hilarious. By the way, do you guys have any opinions on the Super Mario trailer where everyone's getting mad about Chris Pratt not sounding like Super Mario? I have not seen it. What is the big deal with this trailer? I keep hearing about it. I have not seen it. I feel like he only talks for like a second. 
Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't do the Super Mario Italian. It's a me. Yeah. It's a me, Mario. Like are they afraid of it being considered at that point like not racist but offensive? And if so, why wouldn't they just hire an Italian voice actor? Well, they don't sound like that. You know what's funny? I I totally get what you're saying because maybe that is exactly why they didn't want him to do it because in today's culture, he's not Italian, he doesn't have an he doesn't have an accent. He would literally be mimicking. So it makes sense that they didn't want him to do it. But again, to your point, then hire an Italian actor. But Italian actors don't sound, they don't sound like a cliche. At least someone with like an accent that already exists. Yeah. It could be like a sexy Italian voice. Like they just own that. Yes. Can you imagine if Mario was like really wicked hot? I mean, you think he's not? I'll die in that hill. (laughs) It's nice. It's nice. (laughs) Get away from me, Bowser. I have to go see. No, now I'm getting like Antonio Banderas. I must save the princess. Ooh. <laughs> See, everything's sexy when you start to go to like like Spanish, like Antonio Banderas, like, I must go to the other castle. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to do $100 per week to have to go do this because it'll get inconvenient. There will be serious moments in my life where I will still have to go do my karaoke because I didn't do it for the week. Mm. So I want $52,000. Wait, how many hours do I have to do it for? You can just pop right on in. By the way, you want them to cover your costs. A hundred percent, they're going to cover my costs. I'm there to put a sh- to put on a show. You'll cover my costs, and my food is free. Yeah, so this has to cover. F- th- wait, so our price has to cover food. I was calculating a number based on me going, being like, maybe I'd like a, uh, I don't know, a little sake. Ooh. Maybe I'd like a little some appetizers to go with this scenario. Oh, a little nibble. I'm factoring that into the thing so that I like when I, I'm like, I have to eat anyway. So I'll just go have a drink, have some food, sing a little ditty and get out of there. Do you want more than $100 for that? Well, what if I want a friend to come with me? And they're like, and I'm like, you know what? Thanks for coming with me. I have to sing the Shaggy song. I'm going to buy you an appetizer and I'm going to buy you a sake. I respect your choices. Okay, so if I'm doing $100 a week for mine, it's 5200 I want to be up front. I just did the math. I suck at math. What are you thinking weekly for yours to go do that? Mine is $7,800. Go on. It's $150 a week. So let me get a calculator here. So Gina wants $0 a week. Just cover my food and drinks and I'm good. Oh, you got to put that in there then. Yeah. We have a price now. Okay. So how much do you spend per karaoke session on it? Because that's your price if you just want to break even. Okay, okay. Ooh, plot twist. Because they charge by the hour at karaoke spots when you take a private room. Because I don't like karaoke bars. I'm not going in front of a bunch of junk people, but I will get a room. Oh, we have to pay for the room too? You pay like by the hour. Some places obviously have better prices than others. Should we all not have the cost covered then? Or should we just presume it's covered? Like you just have to attend? It's covered. We're hired performers. I think it's covered. Okay, so this is just your, this is your net revenue that you make that week off of it. Okay. Although I still would do it for, for relatively cheap, what I would view is relatively cheap because all you have to do is cover my costs. Maybe as much as I like $100 a week, I think I'm going to go 150 So you went from $0 to 150 now. That is, that is. Yeah, because I have to travel there. What I didn't factor in was, am I taking an Uber there? Because mama doesn't have a car. Well. I didn't even think about that. Mama's got places to be. We got to get her there. Literally with my son. I'm a mama. So I have to get back. Okay. I'm raising my price. I'm raising my price to thirteen thousand dollars. Uh, 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 two thousand. No, <laughs> start auctioning against each other. One million dollars. Thirteen thousand. That's two hundred and fifty dollars a week. That will cover gas. That will cover 
food that will cover my new karaoke outfit. If I want to buy one, any friends, I can treat them to the situation, you know, 250 a week. Sequin, head to toe. Diamond studded microphone. I like that. All right, let's let's check out some of the submissions from listeners. Okay, let's talk about George for a moment. George said $260 for the whole year. George said, icing angel, both parts, every time, because I can actually sound like Shaggy. So a beer, $5 for each time to get specifically a Modelo with salt and lime. Wow. You should bring George with you. Where does George live that beer is $5? Yeah. I also love the song Angel so much. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> and then we got Lisa here who said $20,000. Sounds fun, but I want to be compensated for time though. Okay. A businesswoman. Lisa is Get it. here for fun. She knows her worth. She's about that bag. She is about that bag. Ooh. And when you say that this woman knows her worth, you're not lying, Lindsay, because if you were lying, oh boy, your Pinocchio nose would what? Oh, that baby would good, good grow. <laughs> Here's my question for you guys. What is your price to accept a Pinocchio curse? Meaning... Your nose will grow whenever you lie and only resets to normal size on the first of each month. This is for life? That's for life. That is 100% forever. 100% forever. What's my price to take on that curse? I don't know. That's a lot. On the first of the month, it resets. $4 million minimum. Whoa. How'd you get there? Because I am too nice and I'm a people pleaser. So I, I lie to people all the time and act like I like them. So my nose would never not be long. Whoa. Have you guys ever heard of the writer Martha Beck? No, who that is? She is, I think she's like Oprah's life coach. Oh. But also she wrote a book called The Way of Integrity. And she tells this really crazy story about, well, not crazy, but yeah, actually, yeah, that was crazy. She tells a story about how she grew up in the Mormon church was married and teaching at, I think, Brigham Young. And basically all this stuff happened, which led her to believe that she had made herself forget some trauma from her childhood. And all these memories came forward and she started having this kind of like spiritual evolution. And she made this agreement with herself where she decided not to lie once for one year. She didn't tell a single lie. She lost her family, which is fine because they seemed like they weren't really doing her any favors anyway. Her marriage ended. She lost so much community. She lost her job. She lost everything. But she found this actual authentic version of herself that has been just wildly successful and has made this beautiful life for herself and now is a lesbian, which <laughs> lesbian. I love. <laughs> But like, didn't lie. She just, all of this kind of magic came into her life from being honest all the time. She talks about how it like integrated her as a person where her like inner self finally became her true self and loves her life now. You know, I mean, still has like struggles or whatever. That's amazing though. But anyway, it all came from not lying. How many white lies do you think you tell a day? Well... A couple, because sometimes I'm thinking something and someone will be like, what's going on? And I'll be like, nothing, nothing. Like, that's a lie, right? Yeah. Can you imagine if you were having a weird thought and somebody was like, what are you thinking? I'm like, mm, I don't know how turtles are basically just little animal trailer homes. And they're like, what? I'm sorry, you're weird. 
I'm thinking about like, how do slugs have sex? Yeah. Like, why would I be thinking about that right now? I know we're having a serious conversation, but I'm thinking about why how slugs do it. <laughs> That's not very caring, but it's what's happening. Yeah, but it's what's happening in my brain. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it, but but also, you know, they, maybe then that other person knows you a little bit better and can see into your psyche, your brain, your heart. That's crazy. She pulled a liar liar on herself. Yeah. She legit just, she did it to her. She was like, I'm not going to lie anymore. Yeah. What Lindsay's really saying is the same thing she always says, which is, be honest, everyone, be more gay. (laughs) I'm just saying, sometimes you're gay, but also sometimes you're not. (laughs) That's that's the book. Sometimes you're gay. There's a lot of great quotable t-shirts that you guys are coming up with right now. I'm just saying, sometimes you're gay. Sometimes you're gay. Sometimes uh, you're not being honest. Oh, it's so funny. I think I'm going to also come right out the gate like you did, Gina, and say a number. I'm thinking $150,000 for life Mm -hmm. because I want to get a little bit of a payout or a decent payout that matters that I can put towards some good. But to be honest, I don't think I need a lot because this is going to sound like I'm just like patting myself on the back, but I'm not. When I was a kid, I swore I would never lie. Mm Mm-hmm. I have really tried to hold to that most of my life. And it's been something that I think I've held. Like, I, I don't know. I'm really good at dodging the truth, but I don't lie very often. And I think it's something that Lindsay's known me a long time. She knows this. Like, I'm I'm brutally honest, but I think I do it caring. No, I think so. Compassionately. But I'm I'm very big defender of like, just speak, speak what you want, what you believe is true and be honest and do it with compassion. And it doesn't have to be an aggressive thing. But also, here's something that this might be interesting with. And I love that about you, Aaron, by the way. By the way, I'm freaking out that I said that out loud because I don't know if I've ever like talked about that with anyone. I like swore to it as a kid and it like scares me to lie. Like I I freak out when I lie because I think I'm betraying that kid. No, I think that's really sweet and vulnerable and darling. That's a good thing. I think everybody else that exists in the world tells little white lies all the time. And when you think about your nose growing, you're like, Oh my God. I do lie. We all lie, right? But it's like... We've all lied to get out of plans. We've all lied to be kind to the person we're talking to because we don't want to break their heart. We're like, oh. I've had that talk with my girlfriends where they're like, oh my God, do you think that guy is into me? And I'm just like, "Ah, he hasn't called you back in like a month. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe he's really busy. Like you just don't want to break someone's spirit. So you just try to find, it's like what you said, you try to dodge whatever the real hurtful thing is going to be. And in that way, you kind of skirt around it. But sometimes that's being the best friend you can be, right? It's telling people the hard truth, because if you care about them and you want them to know it, then you care more than you don't want to hurt them, but you also don't want them to hurt themselves. Yeah. I always give my friends choices when they ask me my opinion on something. I'm always like, "Ooh, that's good. Do you want me to be honest or do you want me to be kind? Because I can be one or the other, but the honesty might come across as not kind. So if in that situation, then presuming that they asked you to be kind and you had to lie, your nose would then grow an inch. Yeah. And they would know I was lying. So what's that worth to you of your your nose then? growing an inch four million dollars for the record because i have to deal with the psychological ramifications of losing a lot of friends if i say something kind instead of something honest when i give them that choice it could be really hard on your relationships i keep imagining like a friend or boyfriend or whoever walking in in an outfit and being like i just bought this new thing i love it so much do you like it and having to be like 
I do like it if you like it. Is that a lie? I like it if you like it? No, because I think I don't see here's why I don't think that's a lie. Because if I was your friend and you said that to me, I'd be like, you hate it. I would know already. I'd be like, you clearly don't like it. So I think you're being honest, but you're tr- trying desperately not to be mean. You could just be like, listen, I really don't want my nose to be longer this month. I have a thing. That's so funny. I have a thing. I have a gala. I have a thing. My brother is brutally honest. Like, I remember when I lived with my brother, I had this one polka dot skirt that I was always trying to pull off. And one day my brother just picks up the skirt and he goes, we're not doing this anymore. (gasps) He sounds really fun. I was like, no, you're right. It's never worked. Get rid of it. Honestly, there's been a few times in my life where I wish people had not bullshitted me and had just told me what they told me the real thing. I appreciate the people that don't because those are the people I always tell people I'd rather you hate me for like being that person for you when I have to tell you. And this is just my close group of friends. But I'm like, I have to tell you something. I'd rather you hate me because I told you that than like me because I pretended to play into your ego. I think that's always a better way to do with your close group of friends. If you ain't in my close group of friends, I don't care about your feelings. Do you guys want to go in a circle and do some brutal honesty? I could start it. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, wait. Why was I so down for that? I was like, okay. I know. You're immediately like, yes. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say something brutally honest to each of you. Okay. Oh, God. Aaron, I'm really scared. Lindsay, you're in a new spot recording this week, and I love it. Thank you. And you are so well lit, and I'm really jealous of it because my lighting, I changed it so I'm too dark right here, but you're so well lit. Thank you so much. That's brutal honesty, okay? Yeah. it's. I'm so. I feel so brutalized. Gina, I'm so jealous of your hair. My hair? It is so well conditioned and styled and it has a nice shine without being off mat. It's it's just great hair. So there you go. Thank you. May I be brutally honest with you? Please. Your beard is on point. Like the level to on pointness of your beard is like legitimately moving my soul. Thank you. I appreciate it. That goes a long way. I'm torn about my beard at times, and this was very validating. Thank you for that. It looks very good. Thank you. Wait, I have some. I have some. Okay, Gina, your skin glows in a way. If you were bottling up something that made that happen, I would buy that shit, and I would spend a lot of money on it. Me, you, your lighting is only bringing to light your beautiful features. Your eyes, gorgeous. For you people listening, we're literally glowing. You can't see it, but just imagine great lighting and some glow. The complexion going on here is off the charts. Aaron, can I say to you that your story about when you were a child, you made a promise to yourself not to lie, might be one of like the cutest and sweetest things I've ever heard. And I'm legitimately moved by it. You guys, this was really nice. If you tell a hard truth, will your nose shrink a little bit? Nope. Once a, uh, once a month, first of the month, it'll reset. Mm, so no shrinkage. So your your nose will grow, but it resets at the beginning of the month. So let's let's really price this out, you guys. So I gave my price. Gina gave her price. So Lindsay, you're you're our Ned Stark on the chopping block. Oh my god! You gonna lose your head over this one? If this was just for like a year or something, that would be one thing because I like, or like even two, because I like the idea of being forced to be honest. That Martha Beck book is incredible. The way of integrity. It actually like shifted my perspective on a lot of like therapeutic practices and also just being a human. The thought of having to tell the truth for that reason feels 
good. However, like there are sometimes like professionally that you have to lie. There are sometimes uh, for relationships that you have to lie. There are sometimes lies that you just have to tell to get through the day. Liza Minnelli. Exactly. And also your nose, I assume like Pinocchio's did grows immediately. Right. So like everyone would know you were lying, which is also very embarrassing just on an emotional from an emotional standpoint. I wouldn't consider myself a vain person, but the thought of walking around on the 30th of every month with a long ass nose, I don't like it. I don't like it. It sounds bad. You're not going to decorate it? Not going to get like a Christmas bauble? Absolutely not. Air freshener? Just hanging right (laughs) on the tip? My life would probably be a lot more, there'd be a little bit more solitude. So in my solitude, I would want to be as entertained as possible, have a lot of hobbies, I'm feeling, I've mentioned Howard Hughes before, but this feels like it would send me in a real Howard Hughes direction. I'm going to say $12 million. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to pee in a cup? Yeah. <laughs> we got there. We did it. Let's see what some of the listeners had to say about theirs. Oh, wow. The ones I'm finding here are in the millions. Let's talk about Andrew for a minute, everybody. You both do have great complexion, I just want to say. All right. Andrew... <laughs> put $2 million and said, I don't think I lie that much, but I'd want to be compensated in case I am wrong. Oh, like Andrew, like, Ooh, what if you're, what if somebody asks you how you're doing and you're like, I'm fine. And your nose grows because deep down, you know, you're not fine. Yeah. Wait, what if your nose grows? If you're, if you don't even know you're lying, what if subconsciously you are feeling something and you say you're fine Ooh. but subconsciously your brain is like no you not and then your nose grows mm-hmm. therapy gets a lot more intricate you're seeing someone new and they go they go i love you and you say i love you too and your nose grows oh no <gasps> i oh my goodness that's terrible i also want to read this one felicity i just want you guys to know off the bat felicity has got this on lock Felicity put $5 million and said, I'd run for office and show that I can't lie so people can finally have an honest elected official. Ooh, Felicity. Keeping it real. I love it. Okay, Felicity. What if Felicity is like an evil dictator, but just honest about it? That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, yes, I do think we should put everyone with green eyes in jail. (laughs) First day, she's like, she's like, look, I know it sounds weird, but I think we should still burn the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. (laughs) Where'd he go? And we're like, oh, no, Felicity, we voted you in. (laughs) But now that I know what America is really like, I'm sure there would be people that were like, Felicity for 2024. Yeah. Make America Felicity. All right. In the spirit of brutal honesty, Gina, I got to be honest with you. Lindsay and I are going to quickly detour the whole show right now. And we're going to do a quick PSA to our listeners. And you can join in however you want. Okay, I'll beatbox in the background. You can beatbox it. We just want you all to know out there, the show keeps growing and we just, We love you. Lindsay, describe our love. It's like there's 70 baby elephants in a big car, and then they all come out really cute and slow, but they're also happy coming out of the big car. That's really cute. (laughs) I describe the feeling as what it's like spending this time with Gina right now, which is just very warm and fuzzy. 
everyone out there, listen, we love all the question ideas coming to us on our website. Please keep sending them in, okay? It's humanvaluespodcast.com. Send in your poll answers, but send in your questions too. These what's your price questions are getting weirder and weirder, and you guys are sending in some really crazy ones, and we love it. So help us with that. Help us keep growing this thing. So share, rate, review the podcast. And the most important thing is listen to Lindsay throw up question three right now, unless Gina, you want to use one word to describe your PSA right now. One word. Fabulous. Ooh. Fabulous. Lindsay, fab that lus. What? Marie, that condo, Lindsay. Just pick it up, feel good about it, and throw it out there. This question does bring me joy. It sparks joy. <laughs> What's your price to perform a one-person musical of the Hunger Games trilogy? <laughs> it's for one night only at a fully sold-out Madison Square Garden. I think off the bat, we should presume all expenses are already taken care of for the production. So now it's just what's your price as your fee? Here's my question about this. Is somebody else like writing and doing Like I'm just showing up, I'm memorizing the lines and I'm doing it. Let's say it's all on you. Oh, I have to write it. I have to direct it. I have to. You can have staff, but it's a one person musical. So it's like staff can only, let's say staff can only be there for like technical rigging, right? Like lights and curtain and audio and stuff, but you are writing it. You're directing it. You can have a live orchestra play. I'm just making up the rules. Oh. Can I hire a composer? Cause I don't know how to compose an orchestration. It is what's your price to perform. So I guess you could hire a writer and composer for it. Okay. Mm. Okay. Can you get Omer to do it, who did our theme song? Sure. Okay, we got that taken care of. Should we, the three of us just do it together? It's a one-person musical, so each of us does one night Okay. where we have to do it, but we all learn it together. Who's playing who? We're all playing everyone. We're all playing everyone? You don't get to just pick your favorite character and then do all the songs from their perspective? Well, it's a one-person musical, so you got to do... Yeah, it's, a one, it's just you on stage, so you have to do every single character, so you have to like... That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot putting on a different hat. That's a lot. Wait, but who is the little girl who, like, dies early? Rue. Rue? You could do it. The whole play is from Rue's perspective, <gasps> so it just ends early. Wow. That's funny, though. The last two-thirds is, I am dead. I am dead. I'm still dead. I'm no! still dead. They're storming the Capitol, but I'm still dead. I'm still dead. I died in the first book, but that was a motivation for the lead. I'm still dead. And then a whole choir comes in. She's still dead. Like, you could do it that way. I feel like we have three very different versions. All right. So I want to do Rue the Musical. Rue the Musical. <laughs> it's, called, it's called You'll Rue the Day. And it's all about Rue being dead. But until then, it's a very, the first act is moving. It's a character drama, very engrossing, The Hunger Games first book, but then dead for the next two. Okay. Curtain drops at the end of the break. Okay. Comes back, bigger choir. She's still dead. And it's just another hour of that. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say she's alive. Like, that's the big reveal is you change the ending of it. <laughs> she's alive. Well, you could, you could have a whole separate adventure of, like, her Dante's Inferno adventure of, like, Ooh. now Rue and Hell, and it's not following any of the Hunger Games story. Ooh. But then that's not, you're not doing the assignment. Because you're supposed to do, on your own, the Hunger Games trilogy. Okay, Miss Persnickety Bricket, why don't you explain how you would Robin Thicket? I would Robin Thicket just like this. Thick it up. Even though I don't approve of Robin Thick, just to put that out there. None of us approve of Robin Thick. None of us approve. He just exists. He just exists. He's just a person. I'm not approving of him by saying his name aloud. I think that I would employ a kind of like Beyonce style using digital screens to like 
be the other characters or like use a bunch of me to be like, you know, the people waiting for their number to be called or name to be called. You know what I mean? Like find ways to do like pre-taped performances that can be projected on the background. So I think that that could be, that would be my fun approach, but it would be very expensive. That's okay. So I think I would have to like, you know, I have to hire someone to tape it, someone to do all like to edit it in the way that can be projected that I want. So it's going to have to, and it's long. So it's probably to do this trilogy. I mean, I guess you have the allotted time that a regular musical would be. So let's say what, how long is a musical? 90 minutes? At a fully sold out Madison Square Garden, you got to milk that cow for at least two hours. Okay. So yeah, let's say you have two hours of performing. Those can be some raw udders, Lindsay. Oh, I'm going to be milked dry. Just powder coming out of these suckers at the end. Oh, it's going to be condensed <laughs> milk just come, coming right on out of Bertha. Ew. <laughs> what an awful visual. Blood and condensed milk. Oh, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> this Hunger Games discussion got very dark very quick. <laughs> Gina, sell us on your vision. My vision. Think old school black box theater very raw very Ooh. like real nitty-gritty of theater one person show meaning all we're using is different light settings to show you the feeling the vibe of the moment so all i have to constantly switch costumes we do one scene i'm running to the next i'm stripping down and i'm changing wigs and i'm doing it bam i'm back in the light doing the next song i'm telling everything from katniss's perspective because she is a boss and so everybody gets the business from her she's telling the whole story it's an amazing show it's phenomenal i do a meet and greet after not only do i do a meet and greet but i'll record videos for little kitties that couldn't even come out to the show i'm just saying i'm gonna make it an experience this sounds like a spike lee joint i think i think it would have that vibe i really think it would have that vibe that very gritty theater vibe because i think the story's gritty so that would be my vibe it's not gonna be cheap either but that's not because of production costs. You would certainly be the Katniss Everqueen of that night. Oh my God. If you don't put that on a t-shirt, Katniss Everqueen. How quickly would a movie sell out of Lizzo as Katniss Everqueen? Lizzo. Somebody call Lizzo's people. We have a new song for her. How quickly would that sell out? If they put her in the Hunger Games, so how fabulous would she be as one of those over-the-top characters in the Hunger Games? Oh my God, she would be so incredible. She would kill it. She would kill it. I mean, there's truly, in my eyes, nothing that I don't want to see her do. I think she's kind of perfect. She is phenomenal. She would be so good in like a gender-swapped Willy Wonka also. She should do Katniss Everqueen for Halloween. Ooh. Yeah. We'll take a clip of us talking about Katniss Everqueen. Yes. We'll tag her on Instagram. We're going to get Lizzo doing this. Lizzo, this is for you. We dedicate our lives to you. No more hell Satan. Hell you. I worship you, Lizzo. Okay. So with our long noses and our... No, but I love this idea of you just doing a gritty Madison Square Garden. Everyone comes in. It's a fancy night. And then up on stage, boop, different, yes. different gels on the lights. Just real raw theater. Mm -hmm. like early like like the beginning of little shop of horrors just yes. like that skid row life is tough i like that let me ask one more question the sets and everything are we don't have to pay for the sets and stuff that we're having built correct that's all covered by the mummy okay great 
but we do have to hire any personnel that we would need to make our creative vision come alive outside of the set. I'm going to say this is just your call. Just what is when your rep negotiates this for just your fee to be the Lin-Manuel Linzana of this night? Okay. See, it's going to take me a while to create this thing. This is going to take some time for my regular work life. I may have to leave my regular work life. Oh, this is a job. This is the next year and a half, right? This is, this is. If that, I mean, maybe more because you're workshopping. It's a lot. So let's say two years it takes to make this. Two years. A year to write it, a year to put it together. That's a lot of time. And also if, are we like calculating in ticket sales from MSG? No, they're going to do a flat rate for you. They're doing a flat rate. So tickets. So sales- remember, you can't get a you can't get a piece of this. You you ain't getting points on the back end of this thing. I see. So it's all in up top flat fee. Yeah, when they make the film adaptation, you are not guaranteed a piece of that. Oh, wow. yeah. this is just your flat rate. Mm-hmm. Oh, Madison, Mister Madison of Madison Square Garden plays hardball. And if you didn't think that it was something interesting to the humans to make a movie version of a musical that was originally a movie, may I point you in the direction of Matilda, which was a movie that they made into a musical, and now they're making it into a musical movie. I was just talking about Matilda with Rob, our producer. We were just talking about how Danny DeVito is executive producer of Matilda, and most people don't know that. I did not know that. Of the movie, not the musical. Interesting. So wait, they're doing a movie of the musical of the movie of the book? They made a musical Matilda based on the, oh yeah, based on the film, based on the book. Uh-huh. And now they're making a musical, or now they're making a movie musical based on the Broadway musical, which was based on all those things previously. Okay, two thoughts. One, wow. Two, you gotta sit, you gotta go get the rights as soon as you're done to the story of how you made the one person musical of Hunger Games, because that's a better story than the film adaptation of your musical of Hunger Games. Unless you make a fucking fire musical with just bop after bop after bop. You know what I mean? I want to see the documentary or like the the dramatization of Gina and Spike Lee making this tough, gritty Hunger Games. You'll see all the behind the scenes. It's going to be extra. We're going to have them sell that at a stand outside after the show. You'll see all the behind the scenes with me and Spike. I want John Turturro to play you because it's a Spike Lee movie. Of course. That makes total sense. And his skin flawless. Mm. Mm. You see him in Severance? That guy. That man. I don't know if you guys have seen The Bush, but we are beating around it. What's our prices? I'm going to go with $7 million. Ooh. It's a woman who knows her worth. I like it. Do you know your worth, Lindsay? Yeah. I mean, taking two years to do this and knowing that I won't get any piece of back end on my freaking songs something to consider i'm gonna say 13 million dollars and i'm gonna just be right in the middle of your sandwich and say a clean 10 ski 10 ski take a dime should we dip our toes in the gentle pool of our listeners submissions yeah let's do it i love that that's beautifully poetic language listen i'm just workshopping t-shirts for for us okay yes all right, we got we got Harry, which I presume is Prince Harry, who is an avid fan of our show. Or Harry Styles, who just sold out a bunch of shows at Madison Square Garden. Harry Styles, if you're listening, Gina, Lindsay, and I will do a word for word reenactment of this episode of our podcast on stage to open for you. Just call us. I'm down. Harry wants fifty thousand dollars plus ticket sales. Said I need to cut a deal to get those ticket sales, otherwise I would not be in. It's smart, smart thinking. Yeah. 
Whereas Delilah said $50 million and wrote, I have terrible stage fright, but I think this would convince me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that part of the stage fright aspect of it. $50 million. Yeah. So, Gina, what we do at the end of the show is we take how much we all needed to get paid to do all these shenanigans and kind of add them up. And our human calculator is the wonderful, the elusive, the terrifyingly rhymetastic and slightly elastic Lindsay Hicks. Hey, look, it's me. <laughs> In fairness, I didn't actually do the math on this. Rob did, but I am going to say the numbers out loud because I am, I can't, I can't math, but I can read. Well, kind of. So <laughs> we have three numbers before us. The top number, the person who asked for the most, the greediest bitch here is me. $25 million was my number. Ooh. We should just call this segment Greedy Bitches. We should just retitle this segment. You're not wrong. The next one down at $11 million is our friend Gina Brione. Oh, I thank you so much. Wow. You just made 11 million fake fun human values fun bucks. Thank you. Yay, 11 million fun bucks. See Rob for the payout. I will. And not far down at $10.1 million. I don't know if you have any guesses. As to who it is, I'll tell you, it's Aaron. Hey, Gina, I like sitting in the Tenski area with you. It's a lot nice. Lindsay's a little too... Little bouge. Lindsay with her silver spoon, $25 million is a little bouge. I'm sorry. I just was really nervous about the nose thing. It really drove my number up. Sorry, guys. No, that makes that makes sense. Gina, how are you feeling? You just did a little window shopping of your soul. You feeling all right? I feel like I have so many questions to ask myself during my next meditation. <laughs> I actually don't know much about your meditations, but I know that you are busy AF. I have a massive list here of things that you're doing. I'm seeing that you are doing mic drop comedy in San Diego on the 11th of November. I have here that you're at the Asbury Fest Hall and Beer Garden. Wow, those are interesting words. Thursday, December 8th at nine what else do we have here you're at the dc improv that's a fun venue december 29th oh you're doing five shows at dc improv cool yes oh wow through saturday december 31st look at us read, reading it for you we'll shut up what, what's going on with you otherwise i mean thank you for listing all the shows because i never would have even remembered to list the shows we're following your life we love you miss hattie hat that's <laughs> three i'll stop at 49 but yeah what are you up to well if you want to know more tour dates you can head over to my website ginabrione.com head over there and see where i'm at because i never remember uh or if you're in the new york city area uh always check out the lineups for the comedy cellar and gotham comedy club i'm usually on one of those lineups i'm popping around the city so you'll see me if you're in new york uh next year i am featured in a movie that is coming out next year next december uh called i don't know if it's gonna be called dashing but um there was a whole article in variety about it and it's really cool and i had a great time doing it this it stars little rel and ludicrous and we had a really great time making a film and we just wrapped recently. So I'm excited about that. So look out for uh, any promo stuff that I post on my social media. You can check me out at TikTok is Gina Brion, TikTok and uh, Twitter. And then Instagram is at G Brion. So check out those for any announcements on the movie stuff and uh, just, you know, keep an eye out for me because I begin around. And Gina, I heard that you have a podcast coming out called The State of Women. It's called The State of Women. And it was a really fun project. Me and Kimberly Brooks, if you don't know who Kimberly Brooks is, please go ahead and look her up. She's a phenomenal journalist and an amazing human being. And we had a wonderful time uh, doing The State of Women. And we had to cover some really 
tragic stories and we get to cover some really mind-blowing stories and the best of all is at the end of each episode our button is information where y'all can just go and get whatever help you need in terms of being a woman and surviving as a woman uh however you might need help we talk a lot about roe versus wade and the trickle-down effect that that will have and honestly it was eye-opening and amazing and healing and inspiring So I hope everybody really likes it because it's something I'm very proud of. Amazing. I can't wait to listen to it. It sounds so good. Sounds great. So that comes out November 15th, right? Yeah, it's out in these streets, November 15th. So make sure you check it out. Awesome. Will do. We're excited. We're excited about that. We're excited about everything you're up to. Gina, it was so fun just hanging out with you and talking shop and really getting down down and dirty with with, uh, who we are at our core on a financial level. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I had a good time. And y'all are amazing. And you both glow. Oh, shush. You're the the glow. (laughs) Do you have a glow fact to leave on? What a really good glow tip that I got from a friend of mine. This works for men or women. First thing in the morning, it's going to sound crazy. Not an ice roll or whatever. Take like an ice, an actual piece of ice. Put it on your skin. And it will make your pores tighter. And then you put on your lotion and you have this beautiful, bright, glowing skin. Oh, I'm about to enter into this the ice cube era of my life. It changes the game. <laughs> Hot tips. It's a cold tip. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. Well, my biscuit is buttered. That was a lovely crumble. I am going to name my firstborn Gina Brion. <laughs> I'm going to name my second born Gina Brion. Amazing. Our Gina's are going to be besties. Oh my God. They're going to be such best friends, but your second, my first, alienated. You know what else is fun other than alienating your offspring? Making this show. You know what we love even more? How much our listeners love playing along. If you want to join the fun, run as fast as you can to your nearest browser and let us know your worth. We're always putting up new questions and polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com. And while you're there, help us be lazy. Share your own crazy what's your price questions. Again, over at humanvaluespodcast.com. Lindsay, hop that scotch. Ooh, the scotch. Yum. If you enjoyed today's episode or if you just like the show, please spread the word. We appreciate it so much. And if you want to throw a little extra love our way, please, for the love of Mary Tyler Moore, throw us a review on your favorite podcasting app and maybe leave us a rating while you're there. And there's a chance we'll choose you for a shout out. We're your hosts constantly shouting out. My name is not Lindsay Hicks. My name is not Aaron Rubin Corning. But you know whose name we do appreciate is our guest this week, Gina Brion. Gina, thank you so much. We loved having you. Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin Corney. Our editor is Andrew Sims. Our engineer is Jason Portizo. And our music is by Omer Benzvip. All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode was expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values host, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. Human Values is a human content production.